My name is Jeff Lerner, and I interview elite performers from a wide range of disciplines, entrepreneurs, athletes, celebrities, scientists, artists, and more. This is Unlock Your Potential. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Potential. Jeff Lerner, your host, always so excited to be back with you having amazing conversations with amazing human beings. And today we are joined by yet another incredible person, Mike Dooley. If you're not familiar with Mike, he's a New York Times bestselling author, uh, metaphysical teacher, creator of the Notes from the Universe series, its books. It's most probably amazingly to me, it's an email newsletter that has been going out for 20 years uh, to over a million people uh, where Mike literally gets to channel the universe. You get to hear directly from the universe via the portal known as Mike Dooley. <laughs> um, anyway, Mike's a really amazing guy. I've been familiar with his work for a very long time, and I'm very, very excited to have him on the show. Mike, welcome to Unlock Your Potential. Hey, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Thanks for this opportunity. No, it's my pleasure. Great to have you on the show. Um, and I, I didn't really probably do you full justice in your bio. I didn't want to be here for, you know, an hour just reading your your biography. But I mean, you do so much. You have a podcast. Uh, you've I want to say you've spoken in 35 countries and hmm. trained a million people. And I don't yeah. know, it's, it's kind of amazing. You've written 17 books. You must get up very early in the morning to do all this. It's amazing how much happens in 20 years. Um and I can remember in the early days, it seemed so slow, like nothing was happening, like nothing was giving. And I don't work insane hours. I never have. But when you stick with something and you're open to allowing the flow to guide you, you know, the next thing you know, it's like, uh, you know, we're, we're so inclined to succeed. That's our nature. That's our default setting that when you surrender to it, stuff happens. And I can hardly believe myself, 17 books. Uh, 160 cities, most of which I visited many times live. All of that was, of course, before COVID. Now I do most everything online. Um, it's it's staggering. It's like the universe, you know, life's energy, life's magic rewards effort exponentially. But you don't see it when you exert. You have to go the distance, uh, and then. When your dreams start coming true, you look back and you see you were caked in miracles that were invisible at the time. You're like, oh, this is another day. It's not happening. Where's the magic? I, you know, I would even badmouth my life, my life complaining to my mother, who I was very close with back in the day. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God, this happened so fast. Speaking yeah. of the time that I thought it was going so slow. Yeah. So so let's let's kind of vamp on this, because um, I, I feel like. Right out of the gate, we've come into a theme that I am such a proponent of, you know, to sort of mirror what we're saying. I'm so consistently, deliberately stating this theme of playing the long game. I, I actually have a, a term in my life I call horizontalization, which is to, to horizontalize your life and try to extend out the time horizon yeah. That you're that you're using as a basis for measurement and a sense of progress, you know, that every everything, you know, what the famous Bill Gates, it's ascribed to Bill Gates, like everybody overestimates what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in a decade. Oh, that's good. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the thought leaders that I listen to and the people that I'm influenced by and just as I mature, the, the way that I sort of exist in the world is just like 
stop being in such a rush. It takes what it takes. And all the fun is, is when you've been doing it for years, that's where all the fun is, is like all the compounding benefits are when you're five years in 10 years in, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, I'm 43. I've been an entrepreneur for 27 years. Uh, I, it took me 11 or 12 to do anything that was remotely successful. I mean, the first 11 or 12 years was just like school. You know, I was basically breaking even going to school. And then I got in and it seems like the few things that I've gotten into over the last 12 years that have been the quote successful portion of my life, each one has been about going deeper and slower than the one before. And the, and, and, and the, the results just get better and better. So, so anyway, how did you, so I have two questions for you. A, how did you become a person that channels the wisdom, the wisdom or the whispers of the universe for people? Like yeah. that's a whole question. And then the other is how did you become wired or disposed, if you will, to play the long game so well in a world that struggles with it so, so mightily? Well, the first question, I have to say my whole life in even uh, childhood, early teenage years, I was always obsessed with, you know, who are we and what's the point and why are we here while having a very conventional, probably privileged upbringing, you know, upper middle class. So I I had dreams. Uh, I was a tennis player. I wanted to do good in school. I was inevitably going to go to college and I wanted to be really successful. And so while being competitive or an A-type person, simultaneously wondering about the nature of reality, I was always like, uh, keying into success stories, motivational talks. My dad was an insurance salesperson and he would listen to Earl Nightingale in the car. You know, if you gave a, a hundred men a thousand dollars, you know, 91 of them would lose it in a year. Um, three of them would have maintained and, 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 and it would make me like, wow, you know, what's going on? It was always like, what's going on? And I started coming into truth as I now uh, that, that was the, the strangest secret is what you were yeah. to right there, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret was that that was the original secret. Yeah. And, exactly. um, you know, it's the same thing. You know, you you bring about what you think about the law of attraction or thoughts become things, however you want to frame it. And I started kind of merging my dreams with the answers I was getting. The answers being really benign and really simple. You know, we're all powerful. Uh, Our thoughts become things. Uh, Love is the glue of reality. We're all connected. We're all one, if you will. We're all the eyes and the ears of God come alive in the dream of life. And those are my truths. And if these are true, and my life has borne them out, and many, many, I mean, everybody's life has borne it out, although people focus on things that don't serve them, and they have a lot to complain about, which perpetuates the misery. But combining these views with my dreams, gosh, in my late teenage years and throughout my 20s, it was all about, you know, me having the greatest life possible. And and it happened. I worked for Price Waterhouse for six years. I was assigned all over the world in the Middle East, had all kinds of hardship perks and travel benefits. And then I became an entrepreneur at about 29 years old. I'm 61 today and started selling t-shirts. And it was a slog. And it was always kind of out of 
hunger to answer your second question that I stuck with it. And so for 10 years, my brother, mother, and I sold Tut t-shirts, totally unique t-shirts that evolved into totally unique thoughts that evolved into the universe talks and really living the life of our dreams. But 10 years ago was a major pivot point. We, we were, the, the trends were declining in the t-shirt business. I mean, by then we were deep into gifts. We had our own stores. We wholesaled all over the world. It, the trends were so against what we were doing. We were ahead financially. We decided to liquidate. I, I kept the shell company. It's still Tut Enterprises from 1989. But it then became just me. And uh, all of a sudden, I was at this crossroads approaching 40, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And what if I don't figure this out? And I stuck with what I came up with out of sheer fear that if I didn't figure it out, sometimes fear can be a darn good motivator. If, if I didn't figure it out, you know, the best of my life was behind me and I was 40. Um, what I stumbled upon was... Throughout those two decades, Pricewaterhouse entrepreneur, I got deeper into metaphysical thinking mm -hmm. and more clarity and more possibilities. And so our T-shirts in that 10-year stretch had my brother's art, but my little sayings about you know, life, dreams, happiness, picture in your mind, all that you can be, and with a little time, you will come to see, blah, blah, blah. And they were really popular. So... So when we liquidated the t-shirt business, we had a platform of folks. This was the beginning of the internet, had about a couple thousand email addresses that were getting our deal of the week back at the time. And I started sending out Monday morning motivators. These were Mike's words. And I always felt confined. They turned into a daily email, still Mike's words. And I had this inner sense, Jeff, if I could speak as the universe, you know, kind of uh, analogous with God or source energy with a, without being presumptuous or arrogant. Right. I could say more and it would be more impactful. And I, I, I just kept thinking, no, don't do that. That's just arrogant. That's uh, conceited. Like, who, who the hell are you to it's, write? It's almost like universe? it's almost like demagoguery. Like I'm going to yeah. home the voice of God or whatever. Yeah. And then one day, and it happened to be a Friday, I had this idea that, it, I mean, I, you know, I think we're all channels. I do not channel like Neil Donald Walsh or Esther Hicks, where I'm in a trance, but we're all channels and we're all learning to channel more fluidly like those folks, bringing our highest insights and truth to bear. But I wrote something as I was about to send out that day's you know message from Mike, I wrote, your attention, please, your attention, please. This is the universe. And today I'm going to be recording your every thought, belief, and, and behavior. And in the very near future, whether these thoughts and beliefs and behaviors served you or didn't serve you, whether they were generous or stingy, whether they were happy or sad, in the very near future, I'm going to play back everything I recorded as a physical manifestation in your life. Thank you. That is all the universe. And it made me laugh out loud. It certainly wasn't arrogant or demagoguery. Right. I thought, let me just try this. And I sent it out. It got rave reviews. And that eventually led to me sending out notes from the universe in a playful, lighthearted way, usually with a really poignant message. Your thoughts become things. It's all being witnessed. You're going to get it back in spades. 
Um, and, and that's how notes came about. And then Rhonda Byrne got the notes. She invited me to be in the secret. When I was in the secret, Simon and Schuster invited me to uh, a multi-book deal. Uh, I later switched to Hay House, where I have a number of books. And yeah, I went on world tours, as you recounted. And it's been the life of my dreams following that impulse that I really resisted to write as the universe in a playful yet potent way. So I think there's there's two things uh, sort of immediately that I'm latching on to and listening to you share. First of all is, you know, and, and this is I, I, I try to be. I try to be completely non-egoic as the host of this show. Mm hmm. But I also can't forget about the fact that I host a show. It's like, I'm not that good at it, right? At being non-egoic. And the reality is, so I host a show called Unlock Your Potential here. And people come into this show and they're on this journey. And a lot of, one of the, I have some data that says a lot of our listeners are like what we would call obsessive listeners or like hyper loyal listeners. They've listened to like all 200 plus episodes, you know? And it's because we're on this journey together. To, mm -hmm. to get to the source, to get to the commonality, the, the common denominators of success, of the unlocking of human potential, right? Like, like, let's bring on hundreds of people that have these extraordinary journeys and figure out now. I mean, it's interesting what makes them different, but it's probably more profound what makes them all the same. Because that, within that, we can find theoretically, some sort of like universal truths yeah. that we can apply for ourselves. Right. And so one of the things, I, you know, I sort of want to say is like, I mean, and, and I love having you on the show because like you are, you are heavily identified. So I'll, sort of like almost iconically with metaphysics, metaphysics, you are known as a metaphysical teacher. You literally speak with the voice of the freaking universe. And, and so, so, you know, what I want to say for the listeners, which by the way, note of gratitude for all of our listeners that have been on this journey together with me and with, with us, metaphysics is a huge part of success. I am just declaring it. I don't want to have this feeling every time that like people are like, well, why does Jeff bring on all these woo woo people? Like, no, it, because it's just part of it. And there's yeah. a lot of people out there and, and Mike, forgive me again, I'm being super egoic and like self-aware right now is like, I get feedback about like, you know, is this tactical? How do I apply this? Like some people have varying levels of comfort with this conversation. And I'm sure you know this, right? Yeah. And so I kind of want to make a stand. If this type of conversation, this idea that there is universal truth or universal intelligence or source energy, and that part of the success that you desire in your life involves tapping into it and allowing it to manifest and express through your life and through your work. If that makes you uncomfortable, that is something you need to look at in you, mm -hmm. not that you need to, to judge or be skeptical of in us. And I'm not saying we're not open to skepticism here, but like... Mike, I, I wonder if you could speak to the, the sort of general skepticism that I think exists in the world that I think is indicative of kind of a, a narrow left brain way of being and looking at the world right now. That like, oh, this stuff is all nice to have stuff that you can graduate into once you're making money, once your basic needs are met, once you have the luxury of time to be bored and get into this, right? And it's like, no, this is the foundation. Don't put the cart before the horse. 
Right. No, I am. Uh, well, obviously, I am uh, all on board uh, in my earlier search for answers and truth. You know, who's not exposed to the idea of positive thinking? Has has each listener wondered to themselves what powers positive thinking? Because something does. Who here has not heard about the art of creative visualization? It's encouraged for athletes to do it, and many of the rest of us do it as well. Why? What's going on? And then deeper than that, to put legs under the table to the secret and the law of attraction, if you start asking questions, I believe we're all magnets to truth. I believe truth is in our DNA. I truly believe we are the divine and the divine is a lot more than me and a lot more than all of us put together, but we are pure divinity ourselves. Uh, when you start asking those questions and you start deducing truth, which may sound very naive to some folks, but you know, hey, you know, too many people think, oh, anything's possible. Who knows what the answer is? Why would your answer be true and not some Christians or Jews or Muslims? I mean, well, there's truth in all of them, but I could share some truths right now that, that no one can deny. Life is beautiful. Okay. Yeah, there's pockets of ugliness and somebody's suffering right now, but by and large, life is beautiful. Most people don't want to give their life up. They would fight and claw tooth and nail for another day of breathing. Okay. It is freaking crazy beautiful. That is an absolute truth, no matter what your background or other theological attachments are. I'll give you another one. We are powerful. We're, un we're mind-bogglingly unpowerful. Look at us. I mean, we're animals like the rest of them, but yet we got space stations. We've got smartphones that could land a fleet of lunar modules. We've got DNA technology. We've got, we've got in the height of our ignorance, I like to say, when people think God's an angry white man and their heads are in the sand, we still thrive. We're still killing it as human beings, evidencing the indisputable notion that we are powerful. Where does our power come from? Well, it can be seen in virtually every single success story. You chronicle, you chronicle it better than most, um, Jeff, that, that it is an individual's focus on what is possible for them, their beliefs, their focus, that dictates how their life plays out. It's not like everybody who goes to Harvard is a millionaire. No, most of them aren't. It's not like everybody who's white or a guy is successful. No, plenty are not. It, there's no other commonality to any honest person asking big questions than the thoughts they choose to think. And then when you get deeper into metaphysics, you realize this stuff has been talked about and discovered for as long as we've been here. There's lots of beauty in the Bible. There's lots of beauty in probably every holy book, if I knew them. there's it's It echoes in Hallmark greeting cards. Dreams come true. Believe in yourself. This is all your thoughts, your focus. So life is beautiful. We are powerful. Our powerful our power comes from our focus and our chosen beliefs. And we can change our beliefs and we can change our focus. And then all of a sudden you get the, the unlikely success story, the Horatio Aljor, the Bill Gates. The, you know, there's plenty of people who have arisen from poverty as well of every skin color to rock the daylights out of their life. And these commonalities, this recognition, this playing along the lines of the beauty, the power, the possibilities is what differentiates someone being successful, happy, wealthy, healthy or not. And to look further, we could ask some really deep questions. I don't think we'll go there now, but, you know, 
you know, the, the source of reality, the physical jungles of time and space. I mean, Einstein said it's proven science. It's known science that it's illusionary. It is not what we think it is. And I'd go so far as to say, with my own deductions fortified by other readings that are ancient, that the dreams we have at night are very much um, on par and similar to the dream of now. This is a dream. Einstein showed it. That time, as Einstein and others showed, is movable. It's subjective. It's relative. Hence the theory of relativity. If time is so is space. If space is, so is matter. If time, space, and matter are relative, they're illusionary. We live in an illusionary world. We chose to come here to experience the lies of time, space, have, have not, to be inspired by our dreams or moved by our fears, to get out into the world where we fall in love, we're fallen in love with, we discover our power anew. It's just the most beautiful thing ever. And, and, and without going any further down those rabbit holes, on the surface, we can agree life is beautiful. We are powerful. And our power comes from our chosen focus and our chosen beliefs from which all things are possible. Believe in ye shall receive and endless quotes from fabulous resources. So <clears throat> it's interesting I'm curious because I, I, I like so heartily align with with everything you just said. And and it's again, you know, I now have I, when this show started, uh, it was it was, you know, it's kind of like a preponderance of evidence. Right. When the show on, on interview number four, I think you could say, well, that's just for, you know, Jeff found four random lucky people. Right. <laughs> but here we are. I think this is roughly interview 220, 225, somewhere in there. It's like. I feel like we're stacking evidence pretty solidly here <laughs> that these themes that recur, not just most of the time, but literally every single conversation with, with wild outlier success stories across a disparate range, that there is always this underlying component of, and I think of all the, of all the call it law of attraction buzzwords, probably the one that's most, that most embodies what I've found to be consistent is manifestation. That like you create what you're, that like you said, your thoughts become things. And to the hyper-rational, you know, post-industrial and scientific revolution, civilization, culture that we live in right now, especially in the, call it the tactical success-seeking world of, of and, and even in the economy and the world we live in right now, where people are like, I'm trying to solve practical problems. Like I need to, you know, inflation is 12% and my raise at my job was 2%. So I have a 10% gap I need to make up. Thus, I need a second stream of income. Thus, somebody please teach me how to sell a widget. Right. And it's like to suggest that there is a, a super tactical solution to what you're trying to sort of quantify as purely a tactical problem Again, people, I think we live in a world that can resist that, but I have, I'm just going to once again, state it for the record. I have found this now to be a hundred percent true, a hundred percent of the time across now hundreds and hundreds of conversations mm -hmm. that if you aren't willing to ask these big questions and you aren't willing to do the, I mean, you want to, you want to get tactical. Maybe this is what we could get into. How do we do the disciplined, rigorous, tactical work of 
of harnessing and corralling our thoughts to stop being errant and going in terrible directions that produce crappy results for ourselves. Because Great. one thing that you've touched on that I'll, again, I'll summarize as a universal truth from hundreds of conversations is this power of consistency and deliberation over time. Mm -hmm. And the only way to be consistent over a long period of time is to be extremely disciplined with our thoughts. And, and so maybe you could speak to that. Like, like how do we, how do we, you know, especially in a world that is fighting so hard to get us to be fragmented and chaotic and uncommitted over time. That's the old world. And it's giving way with trailblazers like yourself, Jeff, um, the old push and shove and, uh, it, it's giving way to an understanding that there can be a lightness. And when you're grounded in truth, and there's so many books that make my heart sing. I have a recommended reading list at my website under resources, but there are hundreds upon hundreds of people who think like that. Then you start getting into a zone of believability. And then you start realizing that no matter what the hell the economy is doing or how bad inflation is, or no matter who's running the government, the most important economy is your thoughts. And that there will be people during this upcoming so-called crash or recession or inflation, there will be people who who soar financially, whose businesses blossom, that will break all of the expectations. This is what being grounded in truth will do for you. And the truth courses through our veins. It's most people's default assumptions. Like, yeah, it should be easy. Yeah, we are powerful. Oh, I, I probably haven't said anything that your listeners haven't resonated with because they figured that out for themselves. And as far as getting tactical with it, um, it doesn't need to be a hard job. It is not a hard slog. The truth will set you free and you'll be in this buoyancy where you realize if you can just set aside, and I advocate four minutes a day, I take weekends off for the, the woo-woo art of creative visualization, where you close your eyes and you get into a zone of the dreams that you now have, thinking that they already came true. Like I already survived the crash. I've already um, started to soar. My business is already, you know, in, in an exponential growth pattern. I, I already have the wealth and abundance. I already have the friends and laughter and the romantic partner. I already have the health and the healing. And imagine for four minutes that it's already done. Do not worry about how it's going to get done. That's the old school. We think, okay, this is what I want. And I've got to do this and hit these goals and make that happen. It's like, do not worry about what I call the cursed house. There will be a story one day of how your dreams came true. It's going to be an awesome story. Everyone's going to read the book. But when you start out a journey and you're beyond your visualization, and now you've got all the other hours of the day to account for, you've got your four minutes done in the morning before you, you turned on your computer or went out the door, you're going to start knocking on doors, turning over stones, asking for help, reading a book, trying this marketing plan, selling some different widgets. You're going to be out there doing stuff. All of these could turn into how your dream comes true. What's important is at the beginning of a journey, while you will have some ideas and you should wholeheartedly go down those paths, multiple paths in the beginning, I always advocate, see what feels right, see what gives, see where there's roadblocks, go with the flow, let it be easy, but be there 110%. Do not, during this process, when you're out there with your baby steps, 
declare, this is the path. This is how I'm going to make it happen. There's a law of attraction. Then that how, while it was viable, becomes cursed in my vernacular because you're so attached to a how or a who or a where and a when that you unknowingly slam shut and lock the door on an infinite number of other ways. So visualize four minutes a day, take the weekends off where your dream already came true. Then tactically have your normal old school list, your goals. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to contact such and such. I'll do some continuing education. I'll make six cold calls every morning. Go do those things, but with a light, glad heart. Do them to the best of your ability. Be open to instinct and intuition. See where life leads you. I, I like to say the road you start out on, which is you know, the how you first choose, will invariably, you know, you've been doing this 26 years as an entrepreneur. You can tell this story. The road you start out on will not be the road you arrive on. Just like GPS navigation, you're going to start on a road but it's going to take you to a better road, which will take you to a better road, which will take you to a better road. And none of those roads would be accessible to you if you didn't start, nor if you attach and said, it has to be this road. So start out, be there 110%, work all the hours you want or trim down your schedule. Know that there's magic. You're rooted in truth. Continue to visualize abundance, friends, romance, the things that are high priorities for you and prepare to be astounded, not attaching to any path, but yet giving it your all. And then you're going to have a story like Stephen Jobs said in that com that famous commencement um, speech that uh, he gave shortly before he died. You're going to look back and you're going to see all the dots were connected. Yeah. But you didn't connect them. Divine intelligence, your greater self, call it whatever you will, source energy, this benevolent, loving energy that's never judged you nor anyone else will connect these dots. But you got to give it the dots by showing up here, showing up there and not attaching or insisting to the path, the person, the time frame. Yes, have goals, put them on a time frame. Those are good guides. Businesses do this automatically. If they don't make a target, they don't collapse. They don't shut down. They, they quickly regroup and they try another path. They try another, they mix it up. And when we can do that with understanding, we can enjoy the journey. We can have a good time. We can realize this. I don't have to be in the right place at the wrong time. I'm already in the right place at the wrong time. And I'm going to continue to show up being that moving part, giving the universe dots to connect so that when the dream comes true, just like at the end of a GPS guided journey, you're like, oh, all those left and right hand turns were spot on. But during the journey, you're like, where the hell am I? None of this is my destination. None of this is working. Works for everybody but me. I'm going to go home and watch The Secret 30 more days in a row. So, <clears throat> I, uh, I, again, I, I, you, you, you know, I completely subscribe and I am a living embodiment. I'm a, I'm a living data point of the, of the truth of what you're saying. Right. And, and, you know, anybody that reads my book gets, you know, you've got a very quixotic, almost sort of a Homerian journey to, to read through along, you know, there's some other elements to my book too, but at the core, you know, I had this bizarre journey from being a high school, you know, a bullied kid to a high school dropout to a self-taught jazz musician who, was inspired by some very wealthy people whose homes I played piano in and I got to talk to them for 20 minutes and that inspired me to try business and 
go a different direction and I failed 11 times and I did it and, and I was married twice. And now I have this amazing family. And, you know, there were all these highs and lows and ups and downs and twists and turns. And that the idea that I should have seen, you know, I could have on day one, I could have seen how it was all going to play out is just laughable. And like you, I mean, that's a get, but I can totally see how the dots are all connected already. I don't even, I don't need to be on my deathbed to see how the dots are all connected. So I'm right there with you. But uh, my experience of being somewhat of an evangelist for this way of being in myself, of, of, of being myself, of this way of sort of like trusting the process, allowing yourself to be guided and intuitive is that, again, you get that resistance from people sometimes. And, and, and I'm not here to convert people that don't want to be converted. I'm here to help people that want to be helped. Mm-hmm. And um, what I usually experience is fear is the enemy of the type of thinking that you just espoused. Mm-hmm. Fear is what derails people from staying in that place that you just described, right? Yeah. And so, you know, fear is what, fear is incredibly focusing to, I mean, it, it physiologically folk narrows our focus into the small and the, pre, and the present and out of the grand and the future, right? And so my question to you then, you've talked about, having this four minute ritual to start your day. Is there anything else you can give people to help them avoid the, the drug like temptation of being taken out of this higher way of being by momentary fear? Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I just have a quick favor to ask. So we recently broke into the top 100 podcasts in the entrepreneurship category. We've been hovering around 75 and we're really trying to push up into like the top 20 and grow the impact of the show. So if you enjoy what we do here and you're a supporter, the biggest thing you could do to help would be to leave us a positive review. Uh, Whatever platform you're listening on, you should be able to leave a quick review. Let the world know what you like about the show. Thank you so much for your time and uh, let's get back to it. Yes, yes, yes. I got two things for you, Jeff. One, and this is drawing from a note from the universe. Fear invariably means um, keep on going. You're on the right path. Unless you're being chased by wildebeest, you know, okay, 99.9% of the time, fear means you're pushing your comfort zones and you're in brand new territory, which is to be expected when you want to go where you've never been before. This is a dream coming true. Fear means keep on going. And the best advice I can share, and this has been one of my own epiphanies of the last 10 years, I would say, is a recognition that we have a predisposition, truly a built-in default setting to thrive, given our divine heritage, the eyes and the ears of God. But if somebody doesn't want to go down that path, you don't have to go down that path, but just look at your own life. When I first came into the realization of the power of our thoughts, the power of our focus, the power of our beliefs, it was liberating and terrifying, liberating. Like I'm not being judged, liberating. We're all doing the best we can, liberating. We're all going to end to that, end up in that happy place. Everybody goes to heaven kind of thing and all things are possible. Dreams can come true. Terrifying. When I realized it's down to me and my thoughts, how the hell am I going to be that positive? I worry about everything. And in spite of my fears and feeling that I was doomed, working at Price Waterhouse, convinced I was about to be fired. Um, I started my visualization practice. And I tell you, Jeff, 
I was so terrified of receiving the pink slip that even when I visualized for four minutes a day, you know, to try to offset 18 waking hours or whatever it is, 15 waking hours of fear. Even when I visualized, I'd wonder stupid thoughts like, I wonder if the pink slip really is pink. You know, I, I was so I could not stop that runaway train of fear, but I I had no choice but to stick with it. It was the best I had. I visualized four minutes a day in my mother's living room on her couch. I still lived at home at the time. And within three weeks, I got a phone call from Human Resources. I was transferred into the tax department, which I thought was bad. In hindsight, the best thing that ever happened to me. Within a year, I was living in Cairo, Egypt and Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, going on vacations to Kenya and Hong Kong and receiving a huge hardship. And I I looked back and I was like, man, just like Mark Twain said, I've had a lot of things to worry about in my life. You know, fortunately, almost none of them came to pass. How could I have been so afraid yet prevailed? And now I'll skip a lot of other details. I still have crises. I've still had some real low points in my life. I was I've still been terrified in my life. And I thought those thoughts with an expectation of doom way more than I thought positive thoughts. Yet it's the positive thoughts that I kept on thinking. I knew enough to keep on thinking. Now I know why that prevailed. And what I came to realize, just because we do not live in a judgmental universe, in my my heart of hearts, we do not live in a judgmental universe. We're all here sparks of God doing our best, fulfilling certain promises, roles with not not precluding thoughts become things. That's the end all be all. But yeah, there's still ancient contracts and karma and whatever. They all have a place in understanding reality, but none of them um, negates thoughts becoming things. We always have that magic wand. We wouldn't have come here on any other terms. Just because we live in a non-judgmental universe, Jeff, this is it, does not mean we live in a neutral uncaring universe. In the beginning, I thought, if I think blue, I'll get blue. If I think red, I get red. If I think wealth, I get wealth. If I think poverty, I get poverty. I used to kind of think like, oh my God, I got to get this right. I need to be super positive, but I'm not that kind of person. I have found thoughts in alignment with what I have labeled as truth in this conversation, that we're all of the divine. Love is the glue. Our thoughts become things. Thoughts in alignment with our magnificence and the beauty that's everywhere, those become things real easy. Thoughts out of alignment with truth. I'm an idiot. Nobody likes me. It won't work. It never does work. It works for everybody but me. That's really hard. Just like it's easier to smile, takes fewer muscles than to frown. However silly that comparison, it's much, much easier by, I would say, a quotient of 10,000 times. And I'm not exaggerating. It's 10,000 times easier to experience a great life and joy and abundance than it is otherwise. And I would ask every listener right now, every viewer, if life was neutral, we would all kind of smile and frown about 50-50. Every viewer right now smiles at least 10,000 times throughout a day than they do frown. They laugh 10,000 times more than they cry. They have clarity 10,000 times more than they're totally confused, absolutely lost. They have friends 10,000 times more than they have not a soul on planet Earth to call if that day has ever happened. All of a sudden, we start seeing our inclination to be buoyant, to thrive. Everybody watching right now has had money 10,000 times. 
more than they've been at zero or in the red. No matter what their life has been, they've got money in their pocket now, no matter what their debts are. And for the most part of their life, all of these things have been have been true, evidencing not the woo-woo, but our own inclination to succeed. And so now when I worry, when I fret, when I have a runaway train of fear, I'm like, you just worry your little heart out, Mike. You can go have your little pity parties, talk to people about how difficult life is. Go ahead. But simultaneously, however seemingly insufficient it will feel, visualize for four minutes every morning. Just freaking do it. Even if you worry during your visualization and when you can speak positively here and there, positively synonymous with in alignment with truth, life's beauty and your power. And here and there, every single day, demonstrate, take some baby steps, move in the direction of your dreams, no matter what the hell the economy is doing, no matter who's telling you to pay off a debt, no matter what's going on, think, speak, and move in the direction of optimism and positivity. Knowing this, almost nobody knows this, Jeff, our profound inclination to thrive. So, so many people who don't know this will give up or they'll blame their partner. They'll blame the world. They'll blame God. They'll blame the devil. They'll blame everything. It's their, it's what happened to them when they were five. It's what happened to them in a the past life. It's what happened to, you know, it's like, it's not their fault. And they spend all their time there. Well, then, then you do have a downward spiral, but upward spirals are infinitely easier to conjure up when you know the truth of how disposed we are to succeed. And so you just do what you can with what you got from where you are. And by design, it will always be enough. Just do the best you can visualizing. Just do the best you can asking for help. Just do the best you can networking. It'll be enough. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You talked about, you said something earlier that really was a preframe, I think, for what you just said. You, you said the lie of time, the lie of space, and by extension, the lie of matter itself, right? Because as you, as you pointed out, you know, in terms of the physical chain, meaning physical of physics, um, if, if time and, and space are interlinked, then so must be matter. And there's actually a, a, a quantitative imbalance, interestingly enough, in the, in the world between matter and antimatter. There's like, that's otherwise matter would not have physically come into being, but I digress. But it's like, the, the point is all the stuff, the place where we spend most of our time, our, our, our psychic time is actually just a tiny sliver of reality. And reality has actually got these massive forces, you know, under the surface that are the, the true, the keys and the substance of the, the real nature of reality. And that what I found is truth. Sorry, my, I'm trying to piece pieces together in my mind. You've, you've opened up some, some interesting ideas that, that thought, what is a thought? It's not time. It's not space. It's not matter. Is it real? And, and so, but I think you can extrapolate that like, okay, if I, if I want to disregard this whole realm of metaphysics, because essentially it's not time, it's not space, it's not matter, then by logical extension, I should disregard the very concept of thinking itself. And given that I can't do that, it's, it's sort of artificial and, and to some degree self-serving to just do one, but not the other. Mm. And if I'm not willing to dismiss all of my thoughts, my, uh, the, the idea of thinking altogether, I can't really dismiss the idea of what's called the universe thinking as a whole, which is made what we might call metaphysics. And that my, th and then, and then 
given that we can't logically disregard either of those things, we have to start to see our own thoughts as a subset of the universe's thoughts. And that essentially we're just this little metaphysical microcosm in which the larger metaphysic equation or whatever algorithm or, or chemistry or alchemy is operating in which case what's true for the universe, which is that metaphysics becomes physics is true for ourselves, which is that thoughts become things. Exactly. And then once we, once we sort of decipher that equation, we either give our lives over to it or we persist in being in resistance and wonder why we're frustrated all the time. Yeah, and giving over to it is giving over to love, giving over to beauty, giving yeah. over to dreams coming true. It's not a big thing to give over to. It's not like, okay, you need to commit to selflessness and blood, sweat, and tears. It's like, no, yeah. let it be easy. Our yeah, it's nothing to endure. Literally. It's not like you have to endure it. Like right. actually the endurance race ends when you just start letting it be. The Exactly. It's, it's the old school thinking that worked to a degree. It was painful, but got us here. And now there's a whole new approach. And that's what's going on on planet Earth. This is the age of Aquarius. OK, a bunch of metaphysical stuff, but a recognition that our thoughts have an energy and a life force all of their own. And when we think them consistently, just four minutes a day. When we think them consistently and they're in alignment with the beauty and the power that I've spoken of, they literally create a mold that the elements of time and space will later rush to fill. So create molds of your desired destination, which will force the hows, the whos, the whens to show up as you go out the door with baby steps, timid, afraid, lacking motivation, show up anyway. And then you allow that image, that mold that you created in your mind to start showing up and filling up in the space and the matter that surrounds you. This is thoughts becoming things. It is literal, literal, literal. Yeah. You know, there's a saying that the long arc of history bends toward justice. And, and I've been in my mind a lot thinking about how the long arc of history bends toward consciousness. And yes. I sort of view those as two sides of the same. And truth, truth. Comes yeah. To mind and and, right and away. I have a friend, I have a friend who, who comes to mind a lot, who does a lot of trauma work and he actually does it in a business. And this is, I'll, I'll say this for, again, for the holdouts that are like, I just want to scale my business. I just want a bigger bank account. Like, I don't want to get in all this, you know, mumbo jumbo. So I have a buddy that does trauma work for CEOs and by helping CEOs deal with their traumas, and essentially free themselves to move up to new levels, he unlocks the growth potential of businesses. And he has all these case studies of, you know, how the, the, the ceiling of a business was the trauma of its leader. And that by helping the, the leader deal with his trauma, he unlocked the growth potential of a business. Wow. And, he, and it's quantitative. It's like, well, this business was doing 50 million a year. Five years later, it was doing 200 million a year. And the only thing that changed was the CEO dealt with some stuff. Right. And it's like, ah, and he's got enough of, again, preponderance of evidence. We're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to stop being so, so cynical about this. But one of the things that he always says is everybody's lie is really, really individualized. It's very, it has to be custom crafted within your own very personalized life experience. Whereas the truths that heal the lies, they're very universal. They're, they're simple. They're, they're grounded. 
Yeah. And they're this, and they're, they're true for, I mean, they're accessible to everyone without any specialized knowledge or experience. Right. Yeah. And so to a large degree, that's where, like, I think a lot of the resistance comes from is like, we, we get a lot of our identity from our stories, from our column, our lies, because they, 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 if nothing else, a lie is a framework in which we can be very uniquely ourselves mm -hmm. because they're so personalized to us and our experience. The truth almost feels like a loss of, of egoic self because yeah. it's just, it's just there with, with That's a loving so energy well for everyone. That's so right. You know, that's so right. And really, I, one, one note from the universe seemed to contradict everything I've ever taught, but it's truth along the lines of what you just said is to think is to limit. But that's part of the, the, the magic that makes these illusions possible. We have to have these lies of time and space here versus there, now versus later, have versus have not. And, and, and really, I mean, maybe lie is a good word because it gets your attention and you, you, we can really examine this stuff. But, you know, call them rules or whatever. But our lives are made up of rules and we all have these rules or these lies. I am this. I am that. This comes easy. That comes hard. This is fun. This is not fun. And these lies are all ultimately dispelled by the light of truth that you are your divinity, the truth is you exist everywhere always at once. You're a multidimensional creature. You chose this incarnation for the games, the fun, and the lessons that are now at hand. And you rule. You, I tell people, life is not fair. Haven't you heard a word I said? Life is not fair. The cards are so stacked in our favor. We're the creators. We're pulling the strings all the time, but we haven't known that. And now we're waking up to this and it's going to lead to a whole new world order, lead to a lot more love and camaraderie, even though now... In this juncture of time and space, we see divisiveness like never before. That's because we are moving to this new realm and there's a lot of resistance. And so it's like, I'm right, you're right, you're wrong. Uh. But the, the, this is the, the signpost that we're on our way and this is irrevocable. And we're all going to wake up to the truth, the beauty and the love, or we're going to fight in fear and denial and resistance. Uh, and it, it's it's kind of a... Is being played out before our very eyes. So, so is your, cause it's interesting. I, I sort of operate in a, in, in probably a more historically agnostic way of like, I'm not here to say what's happening, when it's happening, how it's happening. I'm just here to try to identify, call them timeless truths yes. that we can tap into for our benefit, regardless of context, right? Yes. Like in any time, in any place, your life will be better if you tap into X. That's yes. what I'm looking for. That's all but, that matters. But what you're suggesting is you think there is a context, um, almost a, a convergence happening or, or an inflection point, and you think we're living in it right now. Yes, I do. I very much do. And, and I think context helps kind of understand better. But I totally agree with you. People can take these tangents uh, and multi-universes and aliens and uh, past lives and get so distracted. What matters is you today and your joy, your happiness and how to get there. And you get there through choosing your thoughts and choosing or changing your beliefs accordingly. It's doable. Nobody has to learn how to make their thoughts become things. They just have to wake up to the fact that they already are doing it. So think a little differently, behave a little differently, speak a little differently, play with it and enjoy the journey. So is there a... 
uh, and, and let's call it an anecdote, either from your personal life or story or somebody you've known or worked with or even heard about along the way that you think really sort of tan- tangibly illustrates the practical value of shifting into call it like optimistic, higher consciousness, so to speak? Um, no, nothing comes to mind other than when you start other than your entire life, right? Yeah. yeah. When you, well, that's kind of what I was going to say. When you, when, when you start seeing what was there all along, you see that everyone is living this either to their detriment or to their benefit, that everyone is a creator. So far, unconsciously, they can become conscious about it. But whether we're talking Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or, or, or you know, and I, I mentioned them because people can have a right. touchstone and they realize it's like the commonality is a belief in themselves and a dream that they pursued, that they stuck with. And whether it was really hard or whether they let it be easy, you know, that's the journey. That's the art. And we're all learning the art. And suddenly, you know, every life is about is so, so, so similar. We're all here for the adventure of it, denying ourselves the truth in the beginning, but becoming aware of it. And we're on the cusp of this really cool Time. This is kind of like Friday looking forward to the weekend. You know, it's like things are going to get so good as more and more people wake up to their inclination to thrive, that the, their their power, that the beauty is everywhere, that they've been too busy to see uh, and start having fun in the journeys, not just uh, discovering this stuff to go make things happen. It's like, you know, it's fun to make it happen. It's fun to be on this side of the fence, just as fun as it is on the other side. And when you know of the inevitability of getting to the other side, oh, that takes so much pressure off of the journey and, and the fear and the things that you might be wrestling with right now, it's going to be okay. You, you've been successful. You're be successful. You will find more success. It's all working out as if divinely orchestrated. Yeah, I think it's, it is. I, I think it's important. And I, I know we're about out of time and I want to I want to respect your time. But I, I just kind of want to say I think it's really important. You know, I, I do feel a shift. I, I would say without being any sort of scientist on the matter, you know, one person's experience aligns with the idea that there is a shift happening. Right. And that there's also a. a a fight happening, uh, call it an existential struggle between, as you've termed it, the old world and the new world. And I think that's what we're feeling. Right? You know, yeah. that, 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 I think that comports with my experience of the world. But I think what's also so important is to the individual. You know, I think everybody that knows me and knows my work knows that I am all about the individual. I, I agree with with Ayn Rand that civilization is the process of setting men free, setting man free from men. I love Ayn Rand. Yeah, oh, my it, God. One of my heroes. Me too. Me too. In fact, my, uh, my, my real estate investment company is actually called Atlas Shrugging Homes. But, awesome. uh, but anyway, I, I say that, you know, again, setting man free from men. The, the point here is, yeah, let's assume there's a shift happening. Let's assume that at a, a cosmic, collective, historical, you know, ethereal, eternal level, whatever you want to call it, this shift is happening. The worst thing to do, though, is to wait to be carried by the tide. Um, be the shift. Oh yeah. Recognize that to the extent that which a shift is happening, that is your individual opportunity to take massive and immediate action in your life so that when they write the story of the shift, 
you're a footnote of like, hey, this person was at the forefront. They drove the shift rather than waited to be carried by it. I think that's really important that everybody takes that from the message. There is no, there is no call to passivity here. It's not like, oh, well, just hang in there. It's going to be okay. No, you make it happen. Save the other person who doesn't have the wherewithal to save themselves. You know, they're, they're the ones that need to be carried by you, not the other way around. Yeah, I totally believe that. And, and that anybody somehow serendipitously, whether they followed you for all of your 200 shows or not, is hearing this message. Um, it is not by chance. It is by design. Some bigger context. You don't need to be concerned about it, but seize the day. This is your invitation. It is not an accident that you happen to hear this show. All things are possible. You are a light bearer, Jeff, and all those people that are being illuminated right now, all things are possible. Help others who are steeped in fear and locked in the struggle to realize that they can lighten up and and go with the current. And the current, this is what I'm talking about. The current is for joy, abundance, laughter, freedom from other folks, um, and playing and dancing at the same time with cooperation in industries and other realms. It's like, it's just this beautiful, beautiful thing that we get to live. And some of us somehow um, have gotten to try it out yeah. on ourselves. And it works, man. It works and it's uh, beautiful and there's enough for everyone. It really does. I, I'll, just, I'll just say that. What, if you've read my book, you know, if you haven't, you don't even need to just trust me. It works. And if you want to know what I mean, my book's there to tell that story. But uh, Mike, I, I feel like we just received a note from the universe. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that my, my show got to be part of the, the, ves- the vesseling process for the day. Um, how can you, you mention, obviously, we talked about your, your list, your email, your daily email that's, that's received all over the world by you know, over a million people. How, tell people how they can go get more notes from the universe. Well, my website is tut.com. One of the advantages of being my age and getting a domain name that wow. short so long ago, it now stands for The Universe Talks. And from there, uh, for free, we send out a daily note from the universe. Monday through Friday is the standard subscription. There's there's memberships, there's online courses, there's all kinds of stuff. But, but tut.com, tut.com is where people can find out more. Hey, it's Jeff here. If you liked this episode of Unlock Your Potential, it would mean so much if you would like and share the episode on whatever platform you're listening or viewing on. And if you really like what we're doing here and you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a review. There is so much work that goes into these episodes and you leaving a positive review lets us know that that work is reaching people and especially it helps us reach other people your review could be the reason that someone else decides to tune in check out this podcast and unlock their potential and ultimately level up the quality of their life so thank you thank you thank you so much for your support and for listening especially if you like or share or leave a review thank you for helping us spread the word and thank you for unlocking your potential to go make the world and your world a better place